I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Everyone and welcome to Snacks with Stein. I forgot what episode number this is. I'm Danielle. Christy, do you know what episode number this is? 52, 53? That seems right. That seems right. Because we recorded episode 50. I remember that. Because we only count the um the actual like episode episodes. All the bullshit we do on the side, we don't keep in the episode count. Right. I feel like that's right. But anyway, welcome to episode number 50-something. This is the long, long overdue Goosebumps episode because life gets in the way every time I try to (laughs) record something. So uh, firstly, I appreciate everyone being extremely patient for this one. And I hope that you have enjoyed our silly episodes in the meantime. And I hope that this one makes up for the long overdue-ness because it is apparently a favorite. I don't have any memory of reading this, but as I was reading it, it did start to come back to me, but I honestly don't have any memory of it. And I only found it again because it came up in a Goosebumps fan group that Christy started to follow and then I follow because we see the same stuff. And those people were talking about it as a favorite of theirs. And I was like, oh, what's that? And then I put a poll into our group page and it was vote- it was the top voted one in the poll. So obviously it's popular and I buried the lead and it is The Haunted School. Dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> so this one was published in 1997. So it's an oldie, sort of an oldie, I guess an oldie. Yeah, oldie-ish. Oh, it doesn't have the number on the side. Later editions, they didn't put the numbers on the side. But it was 1997, and the cover is mostly gray. And then we have some brightly colored lockers. And what the contents are spilling out of one of the lockers. But the contents are all in black and white. And if you look really closely, and it took me a while to see this, actually, there are eyeballs peeking out from the locker and it's kind of creepo and you can only see them in certain light because I have terrible lighting in my house and I'm like oh there's eyeballs so that's the cover and the tagline is they're watching you learn the hard way oh no that doesn't sound good I know it's kind of like what (laughs) Get your mind out of the... I'm gut. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. She hasn't even had a wine yet. And she's already like... No, no. When Sean comes home, he's going to bring me a glass, though. So just <laughs> hold on to your knickers. <laughs> this isn't. This will never be as bad as the, the pirate oh, one. Oh, God. Ever. Yes. What was that called? Uh, Jack something? Jack. Uh, Jack of the something. Something, something. It was, I can't remember. Jack, it was like Jack in the Box, but it was not. It was like, anyway. Anyway. 
Okay, so what are you, are you having a snack? Are you waiting for your wine? I am waiting for my wine. It is a cheap uh, red wine of some kind. I don't know because my husband's going to pick it out. And we are, <laughs> we are not more than $12 a bottle kind of people. Uh, let's okay. know where, what our status is. <laughs> so I'm going to wait on that because I did just eat dinner. It was left overnight, in case anyone cares. I had some delicious thin crust fischetta pizza that was cold. Yum. And there's nothing better than cold pizza and a really cold Diet Coke. It's just amazing. Nice. It makes me happy that's on so good, many levels. That's a good snack. As long as it makes you happy. That's what counts in life. Being happy. We hope this episode makes you happy too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start. Okay. And we're good. Here we go now. All right. An invisible hand grabbed him and pulled him off the ladder. He landed on his back on the gym floor with a loud and his head made a sound as it banged on the floorboards. He raised himself up slowly, trying to shake off the shock of the fall, and saw Ben Jackson laugh. <laughs> Talia Halpert Rhodey dropped her lipstick into her bag and came running over to him and asked if he was okay. He said he was fine and was just testing the floor, you know. Ha ha. Ben joked it wasn't as hard as his head and that you have to pay for breaking the gym floor. Talia rolled her eyes and made a disgusted face and turned back to him on the ground. Don't encourage him, Tommy. He's as funny as a dead pigeon. Ben retorted and said he thought dead pigeons were funny and she just rolled her eyes again. She grabbed Tommy's hand and pulled him to his feet. He was embarrassed and wanted to hide under the bleachers. He asked himself, why am I always the total klutz? No invisible hand had pulled him off the ladder. He just fell, because that's what he usually does if he finds himself on a ladder. He falls off. Some people are climbers. Tommy is a faller. He didn't want to look like a geek in front of Talia and Ben because he had just met them and really wanted to impress them. That's why he signed up for the dance decorations committee in the first place. He wanted to meet new kids. It's hard to make new friends when you start a new school in the sixth grade. So this is our main character, Tommy Frazier, who is 12. And just before school started that fall, his dad got remarried. And right after the wedding, they moved to Bell Valley. He's having a bad time. But he made That's two fucked friends. That's a good thing to do to a kid. Like, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. at three strikes. Like... Divorce and remarriage, sixth grade, and completely <laughs> uprooted and moved. Talk to me about middle school dance decorations. Have we had this conversation? <laughs> I don't think so. It's like a lot of fiction and like movies and such and whatnot. Like, um, so Back to the Future, we had the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. More. But, but we were in high school thoroughly decorated than like any event I've ever been to. Um, okay, well, let's go Halloween Town 2, where she goes that to the Halloween really dance. The gym uh -huh. is more thoroughly decorated than or, Stranger Things. More yeah. thoroughly mm -hmm. decorated. Like, have you ever attended 
or know of anyone who has a, a middle school dance taking place in a gym of some sort that literally has been decorated to the rafters. No. no. I mean, we probably had a balloon arch. Yeah, you know, there's a place for pictures. And, there's always a little setup for right, pictures. And always a place, yeah, there's always a backdrop for photos. I would say some streamers, a balloon arch, potentially a banner, but that's it. Nothing, nothing to write home about. You know, because that's in, there's dance committees and decoration committees, and <laughs> and they work for weeks to decorate. Like, and that I I have not experienced that ever. Me either. Sorry, can't say that I have. And I was on like a dance, not a dance committee, but I helped set up dances. And yeah, nothing. There was nothing really. So they moved so fast. He didn't really have a chance to say goodbye to his friends. And before he could catch his breath, there he was, the new kid at Bell Valley Middle School. Obviously, he didn't know anyone there, and he hardly hardly even knew his new mom. So, as we discussed, can you imagine what it's like to suddenly have a new school, a new house, and a new mom? (laughs) So he has, like, a new everything. The first couple days at school were hard. Nobody was unfriendly, but they already knew who their friends were. And Tommy wasn't shy, but it really is impossible to just go up to someone and say, hey, want to be my friend? <laughs> like, it's you can't do that at any stage in life. You can't. Yeah, they it's get difficult. mad. Super weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, friend. Like, weirdo. <laughs> it's like, okay, weirdo. Okay. So, and before school that morning, he had heard some kids saying that Talia was stuck up and thought she was so beautiful. And that's why she was always paying attention to her looks, but she didn't really seem stuck up to Tommy. She was really nice and a pretty awesome looking, but he did wonder why she thought she needed to wear all of that makeup. Cause she was putting on her lipstick and later they talk about like blush and stuff she's putting on. She also has three, and ben, three names. Three names that yes, she goes by. Three. That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they Talia and Ben look a lot alike, like they could be brother and sister, but they're not. They're both tall and thin with curly blonde hair and have blue eyes. Tommy, meanwhile, is short and a little chubby and has black hair that doesn't do anything that he ever wants it to do. His new mom says he'll be really handsome as soon as he loses his baby fat, which he didn't really feel was much of a compliment. <laughs> So later this afternoon, Talia, Ben, and Tommy were painting some big banners that were going to go up on the wall of the gym. And Ben was painting a poster that read, Dance Till You Puke. But the principal (laughs) suggested he think of a better slogan. So he started over and changed it to welcome everyone. (laughs) I liked Dance Till You Puke myself. (laughs) So Talia asked where the red paint was, and Ben said he didn't know where it was. And she asked, didn't you bring any red paint down to the gym? I only see black. But he thought Talia was bringing it, and they looked around, but all the cans were black. So and she said, I asked you to bring some. I want to put red in the middle of the letters. Those are the school colors. And Ben said, I'm not going upstairs. The art room's all the way on the third floor. 
And for some strange reason, Tommy eagerly volunteered to go. He's like, I don't mind. I can use the exercise. And Talia asked him where the art room was. So he put down his brush and he said, yeah, I think so. You go up the stairs to the back. And she said, go up three flights to the top floor, go straight down the hall to the back, turn right, then turn right again. I can't even remember <laughs> remember that. So good luck to him. He's like, no problem. And he starts jogging toward the double dim doors. And she called back to bring at least two cans and more brushes. And for some reason, Tommy starts running at full speed to the exit. He wasn't sure why, but he figures he was just trying to impress Talia. And he lowers his shoulder and bursts through the double doors and barrels full speed into a girl in the hallway. (laughs) She cries out and they both topple to the floor and Tommy lands on top of her. Her head makes a cracking sound as it hits the concrete and they both lay there for a few minutes and are just stunned. Tommy stands up and chokes out a sari and reaches out a hand to help her up, but she shoves him away and gets up without any help. He notices that she's nearly a foot taller than him. She's wearing all black with white blonde hair and has steel gray eyes and they kind of freaked him out. And he took a step back and she took a heavy one toward him. And his back was now against the lockers on the wall. And he's like, what are you going to do to me? And she said, I'm going to walk home if you ever let me. And then she spins away and her hands were balled up in fists. He called out to her and said, I was sorry. But she went up the stairs without turning her back to him. And her weird eyes stayed in Tommy's mind. And he gave her some time to leave the building then started back up the stairs on his mission to the art room. It was a long walk to the top floor, and his legs were feeling pretty shaky running into that girl, and it was kind of weird being the only person in the building. His shoes were hitting on the steps, and the sound thundered in the stairwell, and the hall stretched out like a long, dark tunnel. By the time he reached the landing on the third floor, he was out of breath and stared down the hall, humming to himself, and his voice echoed and was echoing off the wall. He made his first right turn and passed an empty teacher's lounge, a computer lab, and more rooms that looked empty. Another right turn took him into a narrow hallway with wooden floors that creaked under his shoes. He stopped outside the room at the end of the hall with a small hand-lettered sign that said, Art Room. He grabbed the doorknob and pulled open the door, but stopped when he heard voices coming from his inside. He was startled and gripped the doorknob a little tighter and just listened. He heard the voice of a boy and a girl, and they were talking softly, but he couldn't make out what they were saying. But it sounded like Talia and Ben. What were they doing up there? And why did they follow him? And how did they get up there so fast? So he pushed open the door, steps inside, and calls out to them, what's going on? But his mouth dropped open. The room was empty. And he asks again, are you guys in here? But there was no reply. He stared around the room, sunlight pouring through the windows. The tables were clean and empty. There were some clay pots drying on the windowsill. And he shook his head and just thought it was weird that he heard voices, but he was sure he did. Maybe they were playing a joke on him and they were hiding somewhere. But he made his way to the supply closet and opened the door. He actually yelled out, caught you, thinking they may have been in there, but no one was inside. He's starting to hear voices, so maybe his fall off the ladder was worse than he thought. (laughs) 
True. He reached on the closet light. Yep. He's very Technically, possible. Technically, he's he fallen he twice. twice. He could have a concussion. <laughs> he could. Again, we're concussed. <laughs> Once again. A theme in these books is that we're concussed and no one knows. He turns on the closet light, which had shelves of art supplies, and he found the red paint, and he tried to slide it off the shelf, but stopped when he heard a girl laugh. (laughs) Then a boy said something, and it sounded excited, like he was talking really fast, but Tommy couldn't make out the words. He spun around and called out, but there was silence. He even checked the room across the hall, and no one was there either. Walked back to the art room and heard voices again. But this time, the girl was shouting. It sounded as if they were calling for help, but their voice sounded muffled and far away. Tommy's heart starts to beat a little faster, and his throat feels dry, and he wonders who's playing this joke on him, because everyone had gone home, the whole building was empty, So who is up here and why can't he find them? But he decided he was going to ignore them and made his way back to the hall and just glanced quickly in both directions, thinking he might see Talia and Ben running away. And then a shadow leans out from an open doorway. He quietly asked, who's there? A man backed out of the doorway and he was pulling a large vacuum cleaner. It was just the janitor. So Tommy sighed and made his way toward the stairs down. He was pretty sure the janitor hadn't seen him. The stairway curved and he started down the steps, but stopped in front of a large bulletin board on the wall. There was a list of school events, a calendar, and a lost and found. Ben and Talia were probably wondering what happened to him and assumed he got lost. So he kept walking past a trophy case, more rows of lockers, and he realized he got to the end of the hall and it was a dead end. He thought there should be a stairway there or some kind of exit, and there did appear to be a narrow doorway, but it was boarded up with old rotting boards. He was regretting his decision to volunteer to get the paint because the school building was too damn big, he didn't know his way around, and Talia was probably annoyed by now. He goes down the hall toward the two unmarked doors, and they didn't appear to be classroom doors, so he decided to give one a try. He leaned forward and pushed the door with his shoulder and stumbled into a large, dimly lit room. He stared into the grayish light, and there were a crowd of kids staring back at him. I've never had a three-story school. It's a really big school. I I even my our little school in um where I'm from in Oklahoma in a small town like our middle school was was three well there was always like one building that had Mm -hmm. multiple stories and then there were like different like outbuildings that were probably built like after the fact um Mm -hmm. my high school was not was one story um but Roman Mm -hmm. Roman's uh and Natalie's school is three stories. They, they're both on the... No, Natalie's on the second floor, but Roman's on the third. All the middle school... Well, there you go. ...is on the third. <laughs> yeah, we, I guess... I don't know if it's California, how the architecture is, but, like, everything is... It's flat. Do you it's think like that's just, partly for, like, um, like earthquake purposes? 
that's prob that's smart. <laughs> I didn't even think that myself. But yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think mostly, I think my elementary school was maybe two, the one main build, one of the main buildings. But yeah, it was mostly just little buildings that were single by themselves. So he's in this room with the kids who are staring back at him and they were like statues. They weren't moving. They weren't doing anything. Then it dawns on Tommy, they are statues. Statues of kids. At least two dozen of them. They were all old-fashioned looking, and their clothes were sort of funny, like out of an old movie. The boys wore sport jackets and had wide neckties. The girls' jackets had shoulder pads, and the skirts came down to their ankles. He put the paint cans on the ground and took a few steps into the room. The statues were so real-looking, they were more like department store mannequins. They had glass eyes and red smiles, which were actually set sternly. He went up to the statue of one of the boys about his age and grabbed the sleeve of the jacket, and it was real cloth. It was really dark in the room and hard to see, so he reached his pocket of his khakis and pulled out a red plastic lighter, which he knows he's not supposed to have, and there's no reason why he should, except his grandfather gave it to him a few weeks before he died, and he carried it around with him for good luck. He raised the flame to the boy's face and the skin looked so real it even had tiny pimples and a scar on the cheek he closed the lighter and put it back in his pocket then touched it when it was smooth and cool like some kind of plaster and their hair was a wig beside him was a statue of a tall thin girl in a black sweater and a skirt he gazed into her eyes and they seemed to stare back at him she was so sad looking, and he wondered why any weren't any of the statues smiling. Why are they here? And he wondered who put them there. Maybe it was some kind of student art project. He stepped backward and spotted a sign on the wall which read, Class of 1947. He read it again, then turned back to the room, and one of them, and one of the statues called out, What are you doing here? He gasped. What are you doing in here, young man? The voice repeated, and he spun around and saw that it was actually Mrs. Borden, the principal in the open doorway. She came into the room holding a clipboard, and Mrs. Borden is very short, and she's kind of chubby and has curly black hair and always seems to be blushing. Some kids had told Tommy she was really nice, but he only met her for a few minutes when he showed up the first day. That morning, she was extremely upset because a pack of dogs were swarming over the playground and attacking little kids. This has nothing to do with anything, but I had to include that because it is the most random note ever. Like, there's dogs attacking children. <laughs> that, okay. That was her problem. <laughs> when, when she came in and she's like, what are you doing in here? For some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was like, I don't need to, I don't really need to explain my art to you, Warren. <laughs> like, exactly. He's in here with the statues. Um, don't feel any exactly. Perfect. But also there, so school kids today do different kinds of drills. Unfortunately, there mm -hmm. is an active shooter drill. There is also right. what is called a um, a lock-in drill. And this is where everybody is inside the building and all the exterior doors are locked until the drill is passed. 
And the one they've mm-hmm. used it a few times at our school. There was um, somebody who was fleeing the neighborhood next to our school. They had like robbed somebody's house and the ch- cops were chasing them and they drove through the school parking mm-hmm. lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, so they had like that, that drill that time, but also um, there was a Fox on our playground. A fox. Uh, yeah, like I think there was one or two foxes on the playground, so they had to have a, a lock-in drill. Cause they didn't I don't know if they were worried wow. about the fox like attacking or if they were about the kids messing with the fox. So like it is dumb, but they specifically have a <laughs> drill for like wildlife on the playground. Well, they don't at this school. For dogs. They're just letting kids run wild. Dogs run wild. It's just wild. dogs. It's fine. <laughs> Belly rubs. Best recess uh-huh. ever. <laughs> it would be. So he's, she figured he must be lost. And he said, I guess. And she asked, where are you supposed to be? And he said, the gym. And she's like, you're a long way from the gym. This is the address of the old building. The gym is in the new building on the other side of the school. And he asked, what is this room? And she puts a hand on his shoulder and said, it's a private room. And he asked again, but who are these kids? Like, what the heck? She didn't reply, but her hand tightened on his shoulder and she kind of guided him toward the door. He began to pick up the paint cans and he looked back at Mrs. Borden, whose expression had changed. She says, this is a very sad room. These kids were the class, were the first class at the school. Just just about 50 years ago, there were 25 kids and one day they all disappeared. Startled by this, Tommy dropped the paint cans on the floor. They vanished just into thin air. One minute they were here, the next minute they were gone, never to be seen again. And Tommy didn't know what to say, because how could 25 kids vanish? And Mrs. Borden just sighed and said it was a terrible tragedy and a mystery. And the poor, poor parents. Her voice caught in her throat and she took a breath. They were so heartbroken, the parents had the school boarded up and closed forever. And the town built this new school around it. The old building has stood empty ever since that horrible day, and the statues were made by a local artist using the class photo as a tribute to the missing children. Mrs. Borden opened the door, and Tommy tried to say, you know, he didn't mean to come in there, and he apologized again, but she said it was no problem that the building is very big and confusing. She closed the door behind them, and the heels of her shoes tapped loudly on the hard floor as she walked, And he kind of struggled to keep up with her because she was going really fast. So she was asking him how he was getting along. And he said, it was all right. Probably having lost and everyone's been really great and nice. They turn a corner into a brighter hallway and everything looked like where he should be. And she said, this is where you're meant to go. And there's a stairway down to the basement and toward the gym. And he couldn't get way to get back to the gym because he wanted to hear what Ben and Talia knew about these missing kids. So he pushed open the gym doors and shouted, I'm back. But the words caught in his throat because Talia and Ben were sprawled out face down on the gym floor. 
So, just to recap. <laughs> so that Quick I'm recap. So that I'm clear. How many kids were missing? 25. 25. Okay, so in a what what we can assume is a small town, mm-hmm. 25 children. <laughs> Of local families, 25 families in what can I can assume is like the 40s or the 50s, vanish without a trace or explanation. And this town's response is to shut the perfectly functioning school down, board it up, spend money mm-hmm. to build a whole new school right next door. And then have a local artist yep. come in and make creepy statues to then put inside the old school that was too too hard of a memory for us to continue <laughs> to go to school there. Yeah. But we're gonna go to school right next door where it's it's not even next door. door. It's like they literally built it around it. Onto like, it? Okay, of, okay. Yeah, like this part of the school is like in it. Like you're in it. But so we're too brokenhearted to use the school. We're too brokenhearted yeah. to tear the school down. But we're going to build onto the school so that we are constantly reminded with statues of children. Yeah. They don't really explain. They li- I literally, word for word, it says the town built a new school around it. And the old building has stood ev- empty ever since. But I love this. Like, I I love abandoned spaces. I love the idea that, like, we can, at any point, we can venture into this abandoned mm-hmm. space of a school. Right. right. Okay. With creepy statue kids. I was going to say that <clears throat> there's going to be, like, old desks and shit and, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if they just boarded it up. Yeah, I'm here for it. He dropped the paint cans and ran over to Talia and Ben. He screamed their names to try to revive them. And, of course, they both start laughing and yawning. And they're like, we got so bored, we fell asleep. And they got up and gave each other high fives. And Ben asked Tommy if he got lost. And Tommy said he did. And Ben shouted at Talia that he won and to give her, give him his dollar that he bet (laughs) for betting that he got lost. And Tommy was a little bit offended. So he took his dollar winnings and looked at the clock and started to panic. He was going to be late getting home and had to grab his bag and ran off. And Tommy tried to yell after Ben and say he wanted to tell him something weird had happened. But Ben was like, I have to go. Just tell him later. And Talia wasn't in as much of a rest. And she was busy doing her makeup again and asked him what he saw upstairs. And first he tells her about his run-in with the weird girl in the hall whose name turned out to be Greta and Talia advised he stay away from her. And he talks about the voices he heard in the art room and her mouth kind of drops open and she was starting to look and sound kind of nervous. And so Tommy peppered her with questions and he asked what was wrong, but she spun around and ran out of the gym. Few days go by and Talia has a run-in with Greta, and it nearly turns violent. It was Thursday afternoon. Tommy's teacher, Mr. Devine, had got a message from the office. He read the message, muttered to himself, and left the room. 
and it was near the end of the day, so everyone was feeling stir-crazy and the class exploded with activity. A few kids started jumping up and down, doing dance moves. Someone even turned on a boombox they had hidden in their bag, and the class was feeling like a party. Tommy, still being the new kid, was stuck at the back of the class and wasn't feeling really a part of the group. But he nodded along to the music and tried to look like he was having a good time, but was really just wishing Mr. Devine would come back and get things back to normal. He scanned the room, then was absent, and he spotted Talia in the front row. She was not paying attention to the music and the chaos around her. Instead, she was focused on applying her lipstick in her little mirror. Tommy tried calling to her, but it was no use over the boombox and the noise. So he got up to walk over to her, but saw Greta lean over her desk and snatch Talia's lipstick tube out of her hand and say something to her. Talia let out an angry scream and swiped for the lipstick, but Greta was too fast and kept it out of reach. Greta was smiling and laughing. Talia was snarling. Her eyes were wide and her face went pale and she was just shrieking to give it back. But Greta chucked it to a boy across the room and Talia dives across the desk and tries to tackle the boy across the room. And he's just laughing and tosses the tube back to Greta, but it hits the ground with a metal sound and Talia hurls herself to the floor and scrambles to grab it. She and Greta start wrestling over the lipstick and Tommy couldn't believe what he is witnessing because what is the big deal over a lipstick? Everyone is watching this tussle and the girls who usually make fun of Talia's makeup were in the back laughing. Eventually, Greta comes up with the lipstick and some kids cheered. Talia is still just screaming and grabbed for it again. But Greta raised the tube too high and drew a smiley face on Talia's forehead. She starts to tear up and she was just totally losing it. And still Tommy doesn't understand why she's so emotional about this, but he felt it was time for him to step in and be her hero. He takes a deep breath and step forward to face Greta and says, give it back. And he asked Greta again to give Talia back her lipstick and he reached up to grab it out of her hand. But just as he did, Mr. Devine comes back into the room and demanded to know what in the hell was going on. Why was Tommy out of his seat? And he said, you know, he was just getting something. And Talia jumped in and said that he was helping, she was helping him. Mr. Devine just glared at Greta, who slumped back down into her seat. And at this point, the lipstick fell to the floor and rolled under Talia's desk. She grabbed it and seemed to finally be calm now that she had it back. Mr. Devine checked the clock and the class settled down. There was 20 minutes left of the day and he told them all to do some silent reading while he did paperwork. Tommy was reading a book of short stories by Ray Bradbury for his book report and he was enjoying them. The class was quiet and then he heard a girl's voice whispering, Help Help me. He thought at first it was Talia, but she was buried in her book. He heard it again. Help Help me. me. Then louder than he meant to, he said, does anyone hear that girl? And Mr. Devine gave him a puzzled look and a few kids laughed. Tommy sighed, picked up his book, 
and look for the page he left off on. But before he could find it, he heard the girl again. It was a soft sound and it sounded so unhappy. Somebody Somebody help, help, please. please. These girls are rest. It's WrestleMania. Well, I mean, do you know how much Lancome cosmetics cost? (laughs) Clearly, Tommy doesn't have. Well, no, we're in middle school, so it's Clinique. Yes. Tommy's never been to the Clinique counter and doesn't understand (laughs) that some of them tingle when you put them on. And yeah, I'm I'm with the hey, I'm with Talia. I'd be jumping for that lipstick too. Don't come between me and my makeup. It's not. And the goth girls should know better. Like I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> so time passes and it's now the night of the school dance. Tommy, Ben, and Talia all got to the gym early to finish setting up the decorations. They hung banners and streamers, tied balloons, and all in all they were happy with how it all looked. It was 7.30, and the dance was scheduled to begin at 8. Tommy felt like they still had a lot to do, and they were still waiting for the band to arrive. Some kids had formed a band called Grunt, which was five (laughs) guitar players. It was five guitar players and a drummer, which Tommy found to be pretty strange, but Mrs. Borden asked them to perform a few songs. So the gym doors swing open and Mrs. Borden comes charging in. Tommy Harley recognized her in her red party dress and tiara. (laughs) She went with a tiara. Like you do. (laughs) Yep. She's the principal. So she's like, I'm going to wear a princess crown. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) To the middle school dance. Like, Mm. yeah, I mean. She's got to look nice for when Grunt plays the electric slide. (laughs) She told them all that everything looked fabulous and was really happy with their hard work. Then she shoved a Polaroid camera into Tommy's hand and told him to take pictures of everything before people arrived. He hesitated and tried to explain they still had a lot to do, but she just laughed and said he looked really stressed and he better calm down or he won't make it to the dance. If only he had known at this moment that he wouldn't make it to the dance. He's fine. Boys don't go to dances anyways. I know. (laughs) So Tommy's busy taking photos. The band arrives and they're making all sorts of noise. Greta just so happens to be Grunt's drummer. And seeing her made Tommy think about the big lipstick fight on Thursday. He had tried to ask Talia why she was so upset, but she just got defensive and claimed it was just because that was her best lipstick and there was no reason for her to just let Retta take it. Thank you. Exactly. That's all the reason she needed. That's it. It's rude. It's rude. It's rude. I'll it's take rude. She threw on her face. Like, it's me. Yeah. yeah, she's an ass. So more students were help- who arrived who were helping to take the tickets and pass out refreshments and other dance duties. So they're all getting there. And Tommy recognized some of them from his classes, but they weren't exactly friends. Meanwhile, in the background, the band members were pushing each other around and acting like big shots just because they had a band. Tommy heard a loud yell from across the room and spun around to see Greta and one of the guitar players were having a sword fight with the guitar. Like you do. They raised them high above their heads 
and began to run toward each other. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> Tommy yelled, no, stop. It was too late. And they tore through their Bell Valley Rocks banner. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> they ruined their banner. It's very sad. It's a serious assholes. It's great. Uh, <laughs> so Tommy watched as the two pieces just kind of drooped to the floor from the ceiling. And he turned to see Talia and Ben's upset faces. That was their best banner. So they had to try and repair it. So Ben grabbed Tommy's arm and told him they were going to go to the art room and look for tape. They went out into the hall and kids were trying to come for the dance. And Tommy was sure they didn't have time to fix the sign, but Ben insisted. He began to lead the way, but for some dumb reason, Tommy thought he knew better and took off with Ben yelling that he was going the wrong way. But Tommy was certain his way was going to be faster. It's the way that he came the other day after the weird incident with the ghost kids, whatever they were, the statue kids. But Tommy should have listened to Ben because his way led to a boarded up wall. Ben was out of breath and asked him, what the hell is your problem, dude? He doesn't know where he's going and now they lost more time. But Tommy apologized and Ben was frustrated and banged his fist into the wall. They both kind of cried out as the boards crumbled under their weight and Ben fell through and onto the floor beyond the wall. Tommy assumed this was the old school building and told Ben that they were probably the first people in here since they closed it off 50 years ago. Ben wasn't amused and asked if they were going to the art room, but Tommy noticed there was an elevator. They both thought those kids were pretty lucky to have an elevator. Tommy walks over to it and presses the button on the wall. And to his surprise, the doors open. A dim light comes on inside the metal car. Ben couldn't believe it was still working. And Tommy suggests they take it to the third floor. Why bother with all of the steps? Ben being the smart one, wasn't so sure and like, they really shouldn't be doing this. But Tommy yeah. gently ushered him inside and the doors close behind them. Hey, um, real quick. Psst. Hey, Tommy, nobody gives a fuck about your banner. They're there to make out in the corner. Nobody cares. They were really proud of their banner. They Go were back really to the dance, proud. bro. They were proud of their banner. Okay. But now he can't be bothered to go up three flights of stairs and would rather risk no. tetanus. Tetanus from the elevator. <laughs> so the door is closed behind them. Ben looks around and asks if they're moving. But Tommy reminded him they didn't press any buttons yet. And Tommy <laughs> presses the big... <laughs> I don't know ben why he would so think you're going to start moving. He is the best. Mm -hmm. Like, he's... He, yeah. I thought he was going to be the voice of reason. I was wrong. Continue. Yep. And so Tommy presses the big black number three, and they listen for the familiar hum an elevator should make, but nothing happened. So he presses it again. Nothing. Then he tries the number two, the number one, 
and even the B for basement, which Ben was like, why would we go to the basement? Don't press that button. <laughs> ben is like, Ben gets it. I'm with Ben on that one. That's counterproductive. That's more stairs. <laughs> more stairs. So Ben's voice had a tinge of panic to it. And stop, Tommy starts to get a little nervous feeling in his stomach. And Ben, understandably, was frustrated some more because he didn't want to miss the whole dance. And Talia was probably super mad at them by now. So Ben told Tommy, open the doors and let's get out of here. But there was a problem. Tommy didn't see a open doors button anywhere. So they both study the control panel. Ben sees a button with two arrows, like one pointing, they're pointing out and in at each other and tries that, but to no avail. And Tommy tries multiple buttons at once. He bangs on the console and still nothing. So Ben starts to scream for help. Then Tommy looks up and notices a big red button, which had to be the emergency button. He pushed it and nothing happens. There's no alarm, no flashing light, nothing. But suddenly, the elevator's gears start to turn, and they start to move. Tommy cheers and tries to high-five Ben, but the elevator jerks and he falls against the wall. Neither can believe what is happening in this moment, because the elevator isn't moving up or down. It's going sideways. It's a Wonka-vader! It's a Wonka-vader! <laughs> They're going to. This is really the true, true story of Willy They won. Wonka. You won, Tommy. You won. <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, this is a this is a great setup. Like, it's like a romance thing. Like, is like the music gonna come up and they're like, we're stuck in this elevator. Elevator. And <laughs> they're two middle school boys. <laughs> Well, Not I mean, the movie. Okay. Isn't that where it starts? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> the elevator rumbles and shakes, and Tommy is gripping the wooden handrail so tightly it's making his hands hurt. They were both in shock, and then the elevator comes to a hard stop, and they fall to the floor. Where were they? they didn't go up or down. So they had to have stayed on the first floor. The elevator doors open to nothing but blackness. It was so dark, neither of their eyes could adjust. Was it the basement? But it couldn't be because they didn't go down. Tommy figures there must be a light switch and they both step out of the elevator. He's running his hand along the wall, searching for something, but there was nothing. He just felt cold tile under his fingertips. Ben insisted they get out of wherever they are. But at that moment, the elevator doors close. Tommy screams no and starts banging his hand on the metal doors. And they search for a button. But just like the light switch, they find nothing. All Ben keeps saying is, I can't believe this is happening. And it was starting to drive Tommy crazy. He turns to Ben and says, we're here, believe it, and we have to find a way out of wherever this is. And at that moment, Tommy knew he had to be the level-headed one because Ben was being whiny and scared. 
They couldn't hear any kids' voices or music, so they assumed they had to be far from the gym. Tommy keeps trying to squint and adjust to the blackness to make out anything, but it was just too dark, and he slumps against the cold wall. Then it dawns on him. They'd hug the wall. Ben didn't quite compute, and Tommy just told him to stay close to him and we'll find a door or an opening or something. Tommy keeps his right hand on the wall and they yep. start walking. That's how you do it. But he hears exactly. It's a good plan. They start walking, but he hears a sound behind him. A cough. He turns around and asks Ben if that was him. And Ben said, no, it wasn't him. Then he hears another cough, which sounds closer this time, and loud whispering. He grabs Ben's shoulder and says, guess what? We're not alone. That's hella creepy. If you're just in like a dark space and you hear a cough, like it's like, no. Yeah, like just, just a design of probably like a 40s or a 50s elevator is going to look weird and creepy. Um, but mm-hmm. like this, this concept of like, it is black and you see nothing and you have to put your hand on the wall. Cause that's the only way to do it. Now it would have been yeah. worse if there were no wall, if you had to like travel to right. a wall, that would have been worse. Or like, he's got mm-hmm. his hand on the wall. Like what if the consistency of the wall were to change? Like, uh, but like, yeah, the whispering in the dark, the coughing in the dark, like this is very... I'm getting like um, the remake of the house on Haunted Hill where they're in the asylum. Amazing. Oh gosh, 98 oh. maybe. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And it's silly, like, or, or just like any abandoned asylum or abandoned space uh-huh. kind of a thing. I'm getting that vibe. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're not alone, or he has realization he's not alone. I don't, I don't really understand in that moment if Ben also hears the coughing and the whispering, or just Tommy. But anyway, he tells Ben that they're not alone. They both gasp, and the lights come on. Everything seemed really dim and gray, and Tommy blinks a few times, waiting for his eyes to adjust to this new light and to brighten, but it didn't. And it took him a few minutes and he realized they were in a room. It was a classroom and everything was black and white. Like Wizard of Oz style stepped into an old movie or something. They both squint and start to make their way toward the classroom door, wanting to leave before the lights go out again. And they were halfway across the room when they hear another cough. Then a girl's voice saying, hey. They spin around and a girl about their age had stepped out from behind a large bookshelf. She stared at them and they stare back at her. Tommy thought she was kind of cute. She had short black hair with bangs and was wearing an old-fashioned sweater, a pleated skirt, and saddle shoes. He started to say hello, but no sound came out as soon as he noticed her skin. It was gray. 
gray as her sweater. So were her eyes and her lips. She was in black and white, just like the room. They both exchange puzzled glances, and the girl is clinging to the side of the cabinet, looking at them suspiciously. And he blurts out, were you hiding back there? And the girl said, yes. We didn't know who you were. Tommy repeats, we? But before she could answer, four more kids appear from behind the cabinet. Two boys, two girls. They were all gray. One of the kids shouts, look at them. And he was staring at them with like bulging eyes. And suddenly they all rush toward them and begin to surround them. They pull at their clothes and they're laughing, screaming, and shrieking. They even tear Tommy's shirt. He screams to Ben, they're going to rip us apart. So I can't like, I, I picture it like she's like blended into the wall. That's how I picture it. And she just like pops out. And I'm like, that's so freaking creepy. If she's just like, Hello. It's like, yeah, it's like she kind of melts out of whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, how right? I picture it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when everything's but she like looks dramatic, so cute. She just She's like, got her little bob and her little saddle shoes. No. <laughs> Have you noticed that, like, Tommy clocks every single girl he comes across? Yes. yes. Okay. He needs a girlfriend. <laughs> Tommy needs a girlfriend. Yeah, every Because even when they're dead and you've just, like... <laughs> made it from creepy elevator to black and white classroom his first thought is like yeah she's kind of cute I know that was weird I kept it in because it was so weird and I'm like I'm gonna keep this in because it's weird (laughs) like why would that even be a thing one of the girls cries out look and held holds up Tommy's shirt sleeve that she ripped off in awe and two of the boys were tugging at him while he tries to squirm away on the floor. Another had taken off his shoe and was studying it. And so Ben is swinging his fists wildly around and accidentally smacks his hand on the blackboard and he's screaming in pain. But over the noise, a boy's voice cries out to stop, get away from them. And the kids fall back in a line and back away. The color, it's just so beautiful, one of the girls said. And they all talk amongst themselves while Ben and Tommy just stay on the floor, completely confused. They were all in black and white. There was no color to be found anywhere. And he noticed they were all dressed in very old fashioned clothing, like long skirts, pleated pants, the saddle shoes, almost like school uniforms kind of vibes. And the louder boy who seemed to be the leader apologized for the others and one of the girls said they didn't mean to hurt them or scare them they just wanted to touch the color because it had been so long since they had seen any and the first one who spoke up asked did you come to help us and tommy's like no we didn't come to help you and then the girl with the black bang says well that's too bad to which tommy didn't understand she says now you can never leave. <clears throat> you wanted friends, Tommy. So now you're trapped. <laughs> Just you saying. You wanted friends. You got, 
you got some creepy ones. <laughs> I mean, you've got a lot Identity of problems. Crisis. You might as well be wearing a t-shirt that says identity crisis. So the boy scolded her and is like, hey, we've already scared them. They think we're a bunch of savages. Don't try to scare them more, Mary. And she's like, I'm not. And crossed her arms over the front of her sweater. And she's like, I just think they should know the truth. And he interrupts her and says, and Tommy interrupts her and is like, the truth? What's going on here? This is all a freaking joke, right? Then Tommy shuts his eyes for a minute and he's squinting into the gray and it was giving him a headache. And he's like, can someone please just tell us what's going on? And he opens his eyes to see all five gray kids moving across the room toward them. The leader was a little bit taller than Tommy and he had wavy black hair and big black eyes. And he had a small scar above one eyebrow. He had broad shoulders and he was sort of athletic looking. The girl beside him was tall and thin and had long gray hair that fell down to her back. And she had gray eyes that were very sad. He introduces himself as Seth and says, this is Mary and Eloise. And then he pointed over to Eddie and Mona. So Ben and Tommy introduced themselves. And Mary says they didn't, again, that they didn't mean to frighten them, but they really want to touch their colors. They haven't seen color for so long. And Tommy's like, uh, you know, we have to get back to the dance because we're on the decorations committee and a banner rip. <laughs> <laughs> this is a banner emergency. A banner emergency. So we got to go. <laughs> and Seth says, you can't get back. Mary told you the truth. And they both, he and Tommy both had the same idea in their heads. And they turn and run and make a mad dash for the door. He got there first, grabbed the handle, turned it, and pulled. But it wouldn't open. It was locked. It's like, what do you think? They're telling you to sit down and you're like, oh, the door is going to be open. No. <laughs> I could have seen that smart one. Why didn't these dumb kids think to run? Jeez. I know. So in a panic, Ben grabs the doorknob and pushes Tommy out of the way. And he's just like tugging it and tugging it and pushing it with his door, his whole body. And it's not doing a thing. And Seth calmly says the door won't open. And Seth still had his arms tensely at his side. And the four gray kids stood on either side of him. Their eyes were narrowing at them and squinting at them in the light. And Tommy asks, why is it locked? And Mary says, it isn't a door we can use. And another tear was on her cheek. It leads to the world of color. What? Excuse me? And again, Ben's like, whose idea is this joke? Because it's not freaking funny. And Ben was about to lose it. And he, Tommy puts his hand on his arm, a signal trying to get him to calm down a little bit. Because Tommy's getting the feeling that these kids weren't joking. How do we get out of here? Ben demanded. You can't keep us in this room. And there's just no freaking way you can't keep us here. And once again, Seth is like, sit down. We're not trying to keep you. We don't want to hurt you or anything like that. So they finally acquiesce and drop into the desk chairs. Three girls took chairs across from them. Eddie crossed his arms and leaned against the blackboard. 
Seth pulled himself onto the teacher's desk and just says, it's hard to know where to start. And Mona turns to Seth and is like, just start at the beginning. Maybe it will help them. Seth's like, fine, we'll go back to the beginning. Thank you. They lean forward to listen. (laughs) Right. Like, we could have done this an hour ago, Pete. Oh, Seth. The five of us. So dramatic. I know. It's like drama. It's like, you're on the other side. He, he like pulls his hood up, right? Real slow. <laughs> well. <laughs> well. <laughs> the five of us were in the very first class at Bell Valley School. The school opened about 50 years ago. And then Ben jumps to his feet. Whoa. Wait a minute. Tommy and I aren't stupid. If you went to school 50 years ago, you'd be 60 by now. And Seth's like, guess you're good at math. And Mary's like, we haven't aged. We've stayed exactly the same age for 50 years. Ben rolls his eyes again and is like, I think we're on Mars. I just think we're, I think we're on Mars. That's where we are. And Eddie's like, we're frozen here. We're frozen in time. The elevator must move between your world and ours. No one else has ever come here by elevator because that's not how we arrived. And Tommy is still confused because none of this makes sense. The elevator was boarded up, so why did it bring us here? And Mona just said again, it must be the only connection between our world and yours. And Ben's like, we're missing the dance for this. And he's like, just let, Tommy's like, let them finish the story. (laughs) Tommy's more nice about it. And it's like, let them finish the story. Then we're going to go. So now Seth is pacing back and forth. The first class at Bell Valley School was pretty small. There were only 25 of us. It was a brand new school. And we were kind of happy to be the first people in it. And then one day our principal said it was class photo day. And a photographer came to take a group photo of the class. They all went to the library to take photos. All 25 of them. The photographer lined them up. And he recognized him right away. Eddie broke up. Eddie broke in and said he was an angry man. An evil man. He hated kids. And again, we're all still confused because we're like, who? Who's evil? Who's angry? Don't have any idea. And Mona said that they were all in a crazy mood that day and they were laughing and joking and pretending to wrestle. And the photographer was furious because we wouldn't stand still for him. And Eddie's like, we all hated him. The whole town knew he was evil, but he was the only photographer around. His name was Mr. Chameleon. Okay. <laughs> because a chameleon changes colors and we can't. Of course, what? good old Ben. That is such a leap. Starts- what does that have to do with anything? I know. I- this part <laughs> made no sense to me. Okay. But I love Ben because he's like, Mr. Chameleon, didn't he used to hang out with Mr. Lizard? Come, <laughs> come, come, yes. come, 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 chameleon. You come that was his and it go. 
<laughs> yeah, like when he walks in with his camera, you come and go. Sorry. Yep. Ben is like, I don't care about the story. He's just making jokes. But Seth and everyone else look solemn and bitter. Tommy was looking at them and he, you know, honestly believed them. And it dawns on him, these are the vanished kids. The lost class of 1947. The photographer lined them up in three rows. He stood behind his big camera box, who had a drape on the back, and he stuck his head underneath it. He raised the flash and told them all to say cheese. Then the flash went off with a loud crack. But it wasn't a normal flash. It was bright. So bright that they couldn't see. The room, the library, it disappeared within the bright light of the flash. And when we, when they could open their eyes, they were here, where they are now. Ben started to speak, probably to make another joke, but changed his mind and closed his mouth without saying anything. We weren't in the library anymore. We weren't in the real school anymore. We were here, here in this black and white world as if we're trapped inside the photograph forever. Eddie said, they call it gray world. Ben cried out, no. And he said something more, but Tommy didn't hear him because he glanced down at his hands and he screamed in horror. My fingers. He held up both hands to show everyone. His fingers had turned gray and the gray was spreading onto his palms. Ben grabbed his hand and pulled it close to examine it, and his were doing it too. They were studying their hands, and his right hand was almost entirely gray. The fingers on his left hand were gray, and the color in his palm was starting to fade. He was shaking his head and just saying, no, 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 no. He cries out again, we're getting out. And he kicks his chair and goes to the door. And he turned the knob and struggling to pull it open. Ben's beside him and they're both pulling on the knob and their faces were turning bright red. Seth tells them it's bolted shut from the other side and they're wasting their time. And Tommy insists, we're getting out and we're getting out now. And he raised both fists and starts pounding on the wall, just screaming, help us, somebody help us. Can you hear us? Help us. And he was pounding till his fists hurt. Mary says bitterly, don't you think we already tried that? We pound on the walls and call for help all the time. But no one ever answers and no one comes to help. His hand, Tommy's hands were completely gray to the wrists. And he pulled up his sleeves and saw that his arm, the color of his arms were starting to fade too. He was starting to think maybe he could rub the gray off. Because his skin felt as warm and soft as ever, he didn't feel any different, but the color was gone, and the gray was just continuing to creep up over him quickly. Ben's voice was high and shrill. He just kept asking Tommy what they're going to do. And then Tommy noticed there's a window. They can go out the window. Then Seth shouted, no, don't, I'm warning you. And Eddie screamed, don't go out there. Why are they trying to stop them? They don't want them to escape. Sandworms. 
Sandworms! It's bad it's a, news! It's a Beetlejuice crossover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tommy's like so confused because why don't they want us to escape? They want us to keep us here because they want to be as gray as them. And he pushes Seth out of the way. Ben dodged one way, he dodged the other, and Seth tried to grab for Tommy, but he slid away from him and dove to the window ledge. He stared out into the gray night and shut and shoved up, up open the window. Stay away from the kids. They're crazy. They've all gone crazy. They'll take you to the pits. We heard Tommy and Ben heard their cries and warnings behind them, but they made no sense as they didn't make any sense to me. And so they ignore them. They climb out to the window ledge and scramble out. So they drop onto the ground out the window with a loud thud and they feel they're on soft grass. The night sky was overhead and it was solid black. No stars, no moon. Seth and the others were looking out the window, shouting and signaling for them to come back inside. But Tommy and Ben take off, jogging over the grass. They cross the street and see low, dark houses set far back on gray lawns. No lights were in windows, no cars came by, no one was out walking around. Ben asked Tommy if this was still Bell Valley, and he's like, this doesn't look familiar. And these aren't the same houses from across the school. And suddenly, a chill of fear makes Tommy stop running. How could there be a whole different town out here? And where were the people who lived here? Was it deserted? Was it a movie set? Was it not a real movie, not a real neighborhood at all? And the kids' warnings kind of start repeating themselves in his ears. And he starts thinking that maybe they made a mistake. And maybe they should have listened and stayed in the school. He turned back toward it. And wisps of fog were floating up from the ground. And it was... The school rose up behind the mist. And he turns to tells Ben, look at the school. And they both say, that's not our school. Because they were staring at a low square building with a flat roof. It was only one story high and there was one window facing the street. The light was falling on a bare flagpole and there were a small set of swings set off in the distance. And Tommy's like, we're in a different world. But it's a different world that's close to ours. And the clumps of fog begin to float together and they form some kind of wall. And it moved quickly up from the ground and hid the bottom of the building. And Tommy just like, we have to keep going. There has to be a way out of here. And they start to jog some more. They're moving past dark houses and empty lots. Everything is winter bare. And there's no cars or streetlights. Ben's looking up the night sky, looking for the moon, the blinking light of a star, but it was just solid black. And Tommy says that he feels like there's shadows, shadows running through shadows. And he tells himself to stop it. Don't start thinking weird thoughts. Just keep your mind straight on what you have to do, which is find a way to escape. They jog past a black mailbox across an empty street. And as they run, the fog is sweeping up around them. It goes low at first and clings to the grass, and but there was no breeze, no wind. Then the fog begins to rise. It rises up all around them, hiding the houses behind, hiding the trees and the streets and the driveway, hiding everything behind swirling curtain of gray. 
Ben stops jogging. He's like, why did you stop? And Ben's like, I can't see anything. The fog's too thick. And we're not getting anywhere anyway. I mean, we could probably keep running forever and we'd never get out of this place. Ben suggests they wait until morning. Maybe the fog will be gone and we can see where we're going. He says maybe, but Tommy's pretty doubtful about it and he shivers. He wonders by now how much of them had turned gray and if he had any color left. He pulled up his shirt to try and see, but it was too dark. Everything looked black and gray and he couldn't tell. He asked Ben what he wants to do. Should we go back to the school? And the fog was around them so thick he could barely even see Ben in front of him. And there, he doesn't think they'll find the school in the fog and he could hear fear in his voice. He turns back and he was right. They couldn't see the street or the trees or anything on the other side of the mist. Tommy suggests they retrace their steps, keep going in that direction. But in the fog, he honestly wasn't sure what was the right direction. Ben muttered this was really dumb and it should have listened to the kids. They were just trying to help us. And he says, it's too late to think about that. And Tommy has a new idea. So let's try to find their way to the fog to one of the houses and spend the night inside. He, Ben's like, you want to break into a creepy old house? And Tommy's thinking they have to be empty. There's literally nothing going on here. They'll find a place to wait until morning and it's better than standing out here all night. They turn and walk up a sloping front yard and they had to move slow because they could barely see two feet in front of them. They took maybe six or seven steps and he lets out a scream as someone or something knocks him to the ground. <clears throat> so this is hella creeps. Like I can't imagine. Yeah, like but so I dark. expected more. Like where are the prehistoric insects? Um, <laughs> Because they're like, don't go outside. And so far, it's just mist. Well, we could be, we could be, well, did you ever read The Stephen King, The Mist? We know yes. it could be in the mist. I know. Bugs. So far, nothing is we so know. much as taking a swipe at them. And then they're like, let's find a place to someone spend the you. night. <laughs> like, are we, are, are we, we live here now? You're turning gray, bro. Like, get back. To, you need a door, homie. Like, you're, you're going to bed down. Mm-hmm. Well, someone okay. knocked me the ground. So we're getting somewhere. All right. I'm just saying this whole plan about like, let's find an abandoned house and spend the night. I don't know if you have that time. I don't think I would keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't stop. He's missing the dance. What about your banner? Have you abandoned the banner? There are thousands of kids like coming into this gym (laughs) and not being welcomed by a banner. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Grunt can only hold it down for so long. (laughs) Grunt is having a great time. Grunt's we need grunt it. t-shirts. I, I like, I'm just we saying. <laughs> grunt. Tommy rolled on his back and there was a black cat beside him. A cat apparently had jumped from his shoulders from jumped onto his shoulders from a tree limb. And it stared up at him with gray eyes. Its black fur bristled and his tail stood straight up and then just took off. He pulled himself to his feet and Ben asked what happened. And he's like, didn't you see that cat? 
It jumped on me and knocked me to the ground. And Ben's like, are you okay? I couldn't see it. The fog is too thick. All of a sudden, you screamed and scared me to death. And he rubbed the back of his neck. And he's like, why did the cat jump on me like that? And he just figured maybe it was lonely with no other people around. And just as he thought that, he heard a girl's voice. Over here. Don't let them get away. Grab them. They squint into the fog and hear shrill voices and then a thumping of footsteps on the grass, but they couldn't see anyone and they didn't know which way to run. The girl repeated, over here, and stopped them. And they both asked, who's there? Who is it? And then figures appear in the swirling fog and they were shadowy gray. Running toward them and stopping just near enough to see through the curtain of gray, staring surprised faces, their arms out, bodies tense, hair blowing in the mist. And he backs up to Ben, and they stand back to back, forming a circle, and as they form a circle around them. Ben's like, there's more kids, it's more kids. And he figures they're the rest of the missing class. And he, Tommy calls out to them, what are you doing out here? But they stare back in silence. The fog billows and shifts, and he sees a short black-haired girl whispering to a big kid in an old-fashioned looking jacket. And then the fog covers them again and they seem to vanish. Then other kids appear and disappear. He figures there must have been at least 25, 20 of them. They speak softly to one another, gazing at us, keeping in a tight circle. Tommy asks again, what are you doing out here? My friend and I were lost, can you help us? And a girl murmurs, you still have color. And then they start to repeat, color, color, color color and this Ben's like this has to be the other kids from the class and this is the kids they warned us about and to stay away from and and Seth's warning flashes back in Tommy's mind that they're crazy they've all gone crazy and he cries out again we're lost can you help us but they didn't reply they just whisper repeatedly amongst themselves and a boy starts saying turn 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 and Ben's like, we don't belong here. We're trying to get away from here. We're lost. And the voices just keep saying to turn over and over again. And they're begging them now. Can you help us? But they're just chanting and chanting. And then they begin to dance. They keep the circle tight and they move in a rapid rhythm. And it was some kind of weird <laughs> dance while they chant. <laughs> And Ben and Tommy are pleading, why are you doing that? Are you trying to scare us? And the dark dancing figures are moving in and out of the fog. And the fog lifts for a moment, and he sees that they're holding hands, keeping the circle closed, keeping Ben and Tommy inside of it. They're still chanting, turn, 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 turn. And Ben's like, what the hell are they doing? Is it a game or something? And Tommy's like, I really don't think so. The fog shifts again, and he's squinting at the faces, and they're moving in the circle. Their expressions are hard. Their eyes are cold and unfriendly. And he's just screaming, just stop it. Give us a break. What are you doing? It's somebody explain this. And they just keep on chanting. And they stare at Ben and Tommy as if they're challenging them to stop them. Turn, turn, turn to gray. Turn, turn, turn to gray. The circle spins around and the kids dancing in the rhythm of the fog 
and it was cold and menacing and crazy. And they're just watching this eerie dance, listening to their machine-like chant, and Tommy knew. He suddenly knew what they were doing. It was some kind of weird ceremony. They were watching them and holding them there until they were gray, just like they were. Actually, no, this makes the the most sense of anything that's happened (laughs) so far. Um, Because, (laughs) listen, it gets real boring in Grey World, okay? These are kids. They've had a lot of time to perfect this choreography. Like, they are just, they have made their own musical. And they've been waiting for the day that they have, like, an audience that they can perform for, right? I'm, I get it. I get it, y'all. It's boring in the gray. Like, they've got a five, six, seven, eight. And it's like a, <laughs> right? And like a shimmy, right? Is this supposed to be serious? It's either that or it's a pride parade. Like, you decide. It's a pride. <laughs> Try to get no him to turn, turn, turn. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, this is wild. I don't, it's like, I'm getting like mid-summer We are so far <laughs> off the rails thing. now. Like, I don't even know so how it's ever going to be. Like, this is, I swear to God, Danielle, if this doesn't have an ending... I will be thoroughly pissed. I do not want to infer my own ending. I don't want to imagine what happens to the characters. That's not my fucking job. I absorb the entertainment. It is the author's job to write an ending. I'm sorry you ran out of time. Don't like, oh, piss me off. I saw... Oh, uh, oh, oh, today, today I, I finally watched uh, Effie Gray on Netflix because it has Dame Emma Thompson in it, and it's a period costume film. That movie uh-huh. has no fucking ending. I was so, uh-huh. pe- like, and I knew it was happening because there's a scene at the end, we're riding in a carriage, and all of a sudden we did some, like, like slow-mo close-ups of someone's face where they're like, blinking really slowly and I'm like they're gonna stop this shit like this is the end isn't it and then the credits pop up and I'm like son of a bitch this better have an ending Danielle I can't handle it I can't do two in one day Danielle we're getting there kind of oh my god we're getting to the end. Oh, fine. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't want it. Come here. Let's hear it. <laughs> Drink this wine. We have some chapters left. Okay. Sure, sure. So the kids are moving in their circle. Are they slow blinking? Are we close up in their face? Not yet. He's studying their faces, though. And they're just hard and cold and unfriendly. And he assumes they're just trying to frighten them. And he counts nine girls and ten boys, all dressed in the same old-fashioned clothes. And he wishes this really was just an old movie and was not really happening to Ben and him, but it was. 
and Ben shouting, why are you doing this? Why won't you talk to us? And they're just continue their circle dance and ignoring their fights. He turns to Ben, leaning close so he could hear him. And he's like, we have to make a run for it. They're crazy. They're going to keep us here until we're totally gray like them. Ben nods in agreement. He, he notices that his hands were now completely gray, as were, as were his own, just completely solid gray. He had no idea how far the gray traveled or how much time he and Ben had. But they have to get away from them. And on the count of three, he was going to run one way and Ben was going to run the other way. And if they take them by surprise, maybe they can break through. And Ben's like, well, then what? Ben replied. And he didn't want to answer that question because Tommy didn't know the answer. Which is like, let's just get away from them. They can't stand the stupid chanting for one more second. So he starts to count. And the chanting kids were tightening the circle and they were nearly arm and arm. And he's two. And they tense their leg muscles preparing to run. The curtain of fog lifted, but there were still puffs of mist on the ground, and he could see the dark houses finally again beyond the circle of kids. And he figures if they can break through their linked arms, maybe they can hide in one of the houses like their original plan. Ben whispers to him, good luck, count to three, and they start to run. Tommy makes it four steps, and he slips on the grass. He screams in pain, and the chanting had stopped. The kids let out a shout of surprise, but he was stopped and throbbing in pain. Then he saw that Ben was going toward the circle and letting out a wild scream as he ran. Two of the boys tackled him and he dropped to the grass and was screaming to get off of me, get off of me. And then a boy and a girl grabbed up Tommy from the, from the ground and they're screaming to let us go. What are you doing here? Why are you keeping us here? They pull them to their feet and shove them together. And they group them up quickly and they try to prevent them escaping again. He's like, fine, we're not going anywhere, but will somebody please explain what is going on? And they start again with the turn, turn chant. And all Tommy can think to do is just cry angrily, we've heard that, tell us why. And the girl says, no color in the moon, no color in the stars, no color in my dreams. And Ben's pleading with them just for somebody to make sense because I don't understand. And they asked, can you just help us get back to the school? And a boy shouted, we left the school. There's no color in the school. There's no color anywhere. We'll never go back to school. And a group of them start to chant, no school, no school. And Tommy insists they have to get back there and they start the no school chant again. And Ben's like, this, there's no use for this. They're completely messed up. They don't make any sense. The air was turning colder and a wave of terror was sweeping over him. And he struggled to fight back the fear. Kids grab at Ben and him and they push them roughly across the grass. And they try and ask them where they're taking us, but they didn't answer. They struggled to break free. There were too many of them and they were oddly strong. They pushed them up a dark hill and the fog was going around their feet as they climbed. The grass was wet and slippery. And he's like, tell us where we're going. Where are you taking us? And a girl says, the black pit. And she pressed her mouth close to his ear and said, 
will you jump or will we have to push you? So this is the pit that they mentioned. Okay. That the pit that is outside? Mm-hmm. Weren't they There's like, the hey, pit. don't go I mean, outside, come with us to the pit, but then yes. they had to go outside too? No, they said the original kids in the class said, don't go outside. The kids are crazy. Stay away from them. They'll take okay. you to the pit. To the pit. Got so, it. Okay. I was confused. They are All going right. to the pit. Good. Going to the pit. The pit. The pit. <laughs> like the pit. Um, and Tommy <laughs> I fell in the pit. You fell in the pit. This is so, not this that kind of pit. This is a black it. pit. Okay. They stop at the top of the hill and they keep their grip tight on Ben and Tommy. And over his Ben's shoulder, he sees four more kids approaching and they were carrying large, four large buckets. They set the buckets down in a row and they shove Ben and Tommy toward them. There was steam coming up from a dark bubbling liquid that was inside and a sour aroma rose up in the steam. A girl was carrying a stack of metal cups and she handed a cup to one of the boys who dipped it into the black liquid and it made a hissing sound. He raises the steaming cup to his lips, tilts his head back and pours the liquid down his throat and he shouts, no color in the cup, drink the blackness. And they all start to chant, drink, drink, drink and kids were cheering and they all line up eagerly at these buckets and Ben and Tommy stare at them in horror as they dip a cup into the, the black gunk and drink it and they all keep saying drink the blackness Tommy's once again trying to break free but there were three boys holding him and he couldn't move the kids were cheering and laughing more loud cheering and they start to literally spit the gunk onto each other. Like one girl spits it in another girl's face. The other one like spews it in the air. Like you know how you do like on the people on wrestling go like and like spits up in the air. They start doing that like a fountain. And one of them says, we cover ourselves in blackness. We cover ourselves because there's no color in the moon. No color in the stars, no color on the earth. This is and great. they just kind of keep spitting onto each other. It's very weird. It happens for this a while. This is top-notch horror. No, I can see this, like black teeth and mouths and. Uh. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're laughing and cheering and hooting and hollering and just spraying each other, and they're eventually all drenched and dripping and covered in this oily whatever it is and the hands start gripping Tommy tighter and they pull Ben toward and him toward the top of the hill and they gaze down the other side and it's a steep drop and there's nothing below it it's just too dark but he could hear bubbling and he could see steam rising up and he could smell the sharp sour smell and he starts to gag the black pit into the black pit and 
more kids cheer. Ben and Tommy get pushed to the edge of the drop-off, and some kids start to chant, jump, jump, jump. And Tommy is still looking for answers, and is like, why are you doing this? And a girl says, cover yourself in blackness. Cover yourself like us. More kids start laughing and cheering. Ben is looking at him with fear in his face, and is like, it has to be boiling hot down there. And it smells like dead animals. And the kids are just chanting, jump, jump, jump. They're laughing and cheering, and the black goo is running down their faces and down their clothes, and they're still spewing gobs of this liquid into the air, and they're screaming for them to jump. Then the laughing, the chanting and the laughter stop. He hears screams, and strong hands grab him around the waist and shove him hard into the steaming pit. Yeah, this is like frightening. Like you have like a pit of like bubbling lava. It's 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 almost psychological and um kind of atmospheric. Like it's I feel like mm-hmm. this one is now that we have before it was just kind of like where the fuck are you going? But now that we have <laughs> this insanity that's happening with this like spitting and this like cult behavior and that kind of shit like, this almost seems, like, before it's time. Um, yeah. Like... Uh, For 97, yeah. I mean, really, like, uh, oh, what is the one, what's the book that, they made a Netflix movie about it, and it was pretty true to the book. Oh, Lord. Why, now that I've said it, it's not, I'm not going to remember the name. Um, but it's one of those that like stuff keeps happening and it's good, but like you're constantly in a state of what the fuck is happening right now. Yeah. But that's what makes mm-hmm. it scary. Cause you're so off kilter. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but like even the visuals here are, are a lot more scary than we normally get. In a yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I can see why so many people more like it. Creepy events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not goofy mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. We're not having fun. We haven't been no. having fun <laughs> for um, a minute. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Tommy, in fact, did not fall. He did not go over the side. The hands were holding on to him and they spun him around and he squinted into a familiar face and it was Seth. And he cried out to him to run. They came, we came to rescue you. And they, he saw Mary and Eloise were guiding Ben down the hill. He's like, come on, let's go. And they start to run, but they didn't get far. The other kids had been startled at first, but they quickly got over their surprise and formed a tight circle around them. And Tommy's like, they trapped us again. How can we break through? And they stop and stare at them, and they begin to circle it and move silently. And their faces are still smeared with the black liquid. Their clothing drenched and stained. And Seth's like, I'm sorry. I thought we could outrun them. He lowered, Tommy lowered his gaze to a pile of leaves on the ground. And he gets an idea in his mind. He shoves his hand into his pocket and says, get ready. Ben's like, get ready for what? And all Tommy says is, get ready. Just get ready to move. And he raises the lighter clicks it once, twice, and a yellow flame shoots up. The 
girl cries out, and more cry out, and some shield their eyes and turn away from the flame. It's too bright, it hurts my eyes, and a boy screams to grab it. But Tommy wasn't done. He lowers the flame to the pile of leaves at their feet, and they they catch instantly. Bright orange flames roar up, and most of the kids start covering their eyes and crying out in pain, and he screams to Ben to let's go. But he didn't need to say it, they were already running over the grass. He lowers his head and runs after them. The kids are screaming and crying behind them. I can't see, put out the fire, somebody do something. The pile of leaves was starting, sent a, like a wall of bright orange light, so bright against the black in the night sky. The kids were scrambling away and running in all directions and no one was chasing after them anymore. Seth and the two girls led us away from the hill and they turned back to Tommy and was like, we tried to warn you about the others, but you ran away and you wouldn't listen. Seth's like, they've lost their minds. They can't think straight anymore. And they act like some kind of wild gang now. They have their own laws, their own strange traditions. They cover themselves in this goo every night. It's really frightening. And Eloise said, that's why the five of us stay in the school because we're afraid of them too. Mary says they do horrible, crazy things. They've given up all hope and they don't care what they do. The gray moon disappeared behind the clouds and the air was cold. And it seemed like the gray kids were fading in the moonlight. And then he heard shouts from nearby and he screamed that they were coming back. And Seth said, we better hurry. So they start running and turning toward the street and Ben and Tommy are following keeping in line of the hedges that line the yard. And the shouts were getting close from behind them. And Ben asked Seth where they were taking them, and Seth says, back to the school. And he's, and Tommy assumes it's to help get out and get back to their world. And Seth said, no, we told you. We can't help you go back, but you're safer in the school with us. They start to jog hard, and Ben and them follow through the dark yard and over empty streets. The only other sound was the steady thud of their shoes as they run. They were didn't hearing any more kids' voices, but he knew they had to be nearby. He breathed a sigh of relief when the school building came into view and they all hurried inside. They followed Seth and the girls back to the classroom where Mona and Eddie were waiting. He sat under the desk and struggled to catch his breath. He looked up and all five kids were staring wide-eyed at Ben and Tommy. He asked what was wrong. And Eloise said, you better check yourself out in the mirror. And she pointed to the one in the, in the elevator alcove. They made their way over to it and his heart was pounding and a feeling of dread swept over him. He knew what he was about to see, but prayed he was wrong. <clears throat> ben let out a sorrowful moan. They were staring back at two gray figures. His khakis, his shirt were gray, his hair was gray, his eyes were gray, all of him. All of them were shades of gray. We're almost one of them, Ben moaned again. He tried to make a joke about saying that the school colors were gray and gray, but his whole body was trembling. Tommy said, look, we still have a little bit of time. He pointed to the mirror and noticed his ears were gray and the gray had spread to his lips and chin, but his cheeks still held color. 
his cheeks, and his nose. Ben's face was the same. Mary stepped up behind them and said that they were really sorry. But in a few minutes, you'll be gray like us. And Tommy just spun away and was like, no, there has to be a way. Hasn't anyone ever escaped? And Seth's answer shocked him. Seth said, yes, one girl escaped from Grey World a few weeks ago. After 50 years, one of us made it back. And Bennett both at the same time said, how? How did she do it? But they all shook their heads and didn't know. She disappeared. We've been waiting for her to come back for us. When the elevator opened tonight, we thought you were her. And she had come back to rescue us. Greta's face flashed in Tommy's mind. Of course, it was Greta. The strange girl with her gray eyes and white blonde hair and all black outfits. Greta had escaped from Grey World. Greta returned to the world of color. No wonder she was so eager to get her hands on Talia's bright lipstick. Why hadn't she returned to rescue her friends? And how did she make her escape? Tommy's eyes looked at the elevator at the back of the room. And with his mind was trying to open it like by willpower, just saying, open it, open it, please. But of course they remained shut. He put his hands in his pockets and he was thinking hard, trying to fight the panic. Ben was slumped in a chair, shaking his head and just once again saying, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. And all Tommy can do is say, just think, 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 think. There has to be a way to stop this. There has to be a way to bring the color back. His mind was racing and he was too frightened to think clearly. He pulled out the plastic lighter from his pocket and twirled it between his fingers. He fumbled with it and it fell to the floor. The lighter had been bright red, but now the plastic had faded to gray. But the flame... And then he had an idea and a flash of hope. What if he lit up the room with yellow light from the other world? Do you think the color would wash away the gray? Ben reminded him he already tried that outside, but that was outside. What if I let it near the wall? Do you think the bright color will make the gray fade so we can escape to the other side? They all stared back at him, looking at the lighter in his hands. And he's like, I'm going to try it. What do we have to lose? He raised Let's it high. Let's set this shit on fire. <laughs> Let's all set ourselves on fire. Good plan. Uh, we can only <laughs> go up from here, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. He raises the lighter high, and all their eyes follow it. And Ben just whispers, good luck. He clicks it again, clicks it again, and it won't light. <clears throat> and he slams it onto the desk. It's out. It's out of fluid. Ben cried, just try it again, Tommy, just one more try. He picked it up, and his hand was trembling, and his throat was dry. It seemed like a good idea, if only to get it to flame. One more try. He clicked it again and clicked it harder, and the flame shot up. Ben cried, yes, but his happy cry was gone quickly. The flame from the lighter was gray. He stared at it, dancing on top of the gray lighter. He held it tight in his fist. It was no use. He clicked off the flame and put the lighter back in his pocket and turned to Ben and said, sorry, I tried. Ben just nodded. 
And he gasped. Oh my God, Ben, your face, your cheeks, your nose, it's all that's left. Your nose has the only color. And Tom, and then reported that Tommy had only a nose left too. The five grade kids stood in silence across the room and Seth just shook his head. What could they say? This had already happened to them. They had lived in black and white for 50 years. And now Ben and Tommy were doomed to be part of that cold, gloomy world. He wondered how long his nose would keep color and how long until he became one of them. His eyes wandered to the elevator and thought, if only they had taken the stairs to the art room. If only. But it was too late to think about that now. He stared hard at the doors again, silently willing them to open. Then he lets out a cry when a hears a loud rumbling sound. Everyone jumped up alert, and the rumble grew to a roar. Eloise gasped, the elevator! They all hurried across the room, and they were just a few feet away when the elevator doors opened. They all stepped up to see who was inside. Greta? <clears throat> who is it? Is it Greta? Was he right? Is it her? No. Was she the... Who is it? She's not. It's the girl with three names. <laughs> Chasing down that lipstick. <clears throat> are you? Are you? Is it dawning on you now? Are you like? No, oh. I. I knew the second she started flipping out over her lipstick. Oh, poo. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, girl. Like, okay, maybe it was fancy Clinique, but <laughs> let's be real, it was Cover Girl. This is this is. Middle school, whatever is available at Walmart. Um, and it stays on for like five seconds. Like this was before any kind of long lasting technology. Like you put it on and it's gone. Uh, so yeah, I had it figured out. Oh, we did the M. Night Shyamalan. But yeah. that's the only one I had figured out. Like the whole rest of this True. nonsense with like the mist and the crazy cult kids and the spitting, like... Never would have thought about that. <laughs> oh, by the way, the, so you're one, right. the book and the movie I was referring to was The Ritual. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's good. Uh, the book is good as well. It should have been two books. Um, it has a very like clear point about exactly halfway through where we take a hard left. Um, and oh. it was good until the left and after the left was good, but they're two completely different vibes in one book. And it's weird. And it, that's kind of what this reminds me of. That's because that like the whole half of this, that one. the whole first half is very like Blair Witch, like they're hiking and camping in the woods and things are creepy. Um, and it's like maybe like ancient evil kind of scenario. And then we make this hard mm -hmm. left when, like, he gets, like, taken by these, like, backwoods, like, kind of villagers. And that part of the story is scary, too. But it's very disconnected yeah. from the first part.
So you are right. It was not Greta. And to Tommy's shock, it was Talia who stood in the elevator doorway. Her blonde hair was gleaming in the light and her blue dress sparkled and the color almost hurt Tommy's eyes. She found, she cried happily, I found you, I did it, and came running out of the elevator and threw her arms around Mary and hugged her tight. Then she hugged Eloise and Seth and Mona and Eddie. And happy cries were ringing out for everybody. Talia, you came back, are you okay? We've been waiting for you. Then Tommy cried, don't let, the, don't let the elevator go, and made a frantic dive, but it was too late. The doors slid shut, and he crashed into them and bounced off and let out a wail. The elevator, the elevator. He spun around to face Talia. She gasped and raised a hand to her mouth. I'm sorry, I was just happy to see my friends and I forgot. Tommy was trembling and slumped against the wall. It was their moment to escape and they missed it. The five grade kids circled around Talia and hugging her, laughing, asking her a million questions and said, we've missed you so much. We waited for you to come back and rescue us. And Talia's like, I've missed you guys too. I tried to come back, but I couldn't find the way. I didn't know how to get back here until tonight. She turned to Ben and Tommy and said, I escaped a few weeks ago, just before school started. I went over to your world and had to disguise myself. It was the makeup, the makeup and the lipstick. I had to keep putting that stuff on all the time to cover up my gray skin. And he's like, but your eyes, they're blue and said they're contact lenses. It was so hard. It's so much work. I had to be so careful. I had to apply coat after coat after coat of makeup and lipstick. I couldn't let anyone know. And she turned to the other friends and said, kids were making fun of me, but that wasn't the worst part. I wanted to stay in the world of color and brightness, but I was a fake, a phony, covering up with makeup. I no longer belong there. I belong here in the gray world. And she sighed again, but she couldn't find a way to get back. But then tonight, Tommy and Ben didn't return to the gym and she went searching for everyone and she found a hole in the boarded up wall and found the elevator and it brought her here to her friends. And Mary just said, welcome back. And, no, and Talia's dress and all of the other things had started already began to fade. And Seth just said, you're right. This is where you belong. And Mona said, when you escaped, we thought about you all the time. We wondered how you were doing and if you would ever come back for us. And Talia said, you don't want to go back there, and I don't want to go back. We don't belong there. We can't live there. I don't want to pretend anymore. I want to stay here with you and be myself. She pulled out a makeup kit and the lipstick from her bag and tossed it on the desk. No more makeup, no lipstick, no pretending. <clears throat> <laughs> but what about us? She'd rather live in hell than do contour one yep. more damn time. <laughs> yep. I understand. I get it. I get it. Some mornings I'm like, fuck this. I hate doing this. <laughs> See, and that's why I don't wear it. But then when I You're do wear it, people are like, whoa. Or they assume I'm a drag <laughs> queen because I'm real tall and I have dark features. <laughs> you don't look like a drag queen. <laughs> I've been rewatching um, and by can't sleepness like old Real Housewives episodes like from like the OG days. And oh wow! I remember, did you ever watch Real Housewives? Like oh, not for original, years. Well, like the originals, right? Like the original, like Real Housewives of New York. You know, I don't. And know I if remember I saw they always one. used to call. 
they used to call Countess Luanne a drag queen. <laughs> so it made me think of that. <clears throat> of course, Ben is like, uh, what about us? Tommy and I only have a minute or two before we're going totally gray. And are you going to help us escape from here? Help us get back? And Talia just shook her head and said, I'm sorry, you guys. And Tommy's like swallowing hard and thinking about his home and his dad and his mom and his dog. And he's like, I'll never see them again. I'll never see color again. Never see a blue ocean or a red sun. She just keeps saying, I'm sorry. I didn't explain this to you right away. And they're like, explain what? And she said, I think I can get you back to the other side. Because she picked up her lipstick and said, this is how I escaped a few weeks ago. This lipstick tube was buried in my bag for 50 years. I'd forgotten all about it. And she unscrewed the cap and showed us the bright red lipstick. And she said, I found it a few weeks ago. And when I opened it, it was still red. It felt like some kind of miracle. Maybe because it had been closed up, it still had its color. And she moves towards the wall. And she was so excited to see the color red after 50 years. And she started to draw on the wall with it. And to her shock, wherever she spread the lipstick, it made a hole in the wall. And Eddie was like, that's amazing. And the others all agreed. The lipstick burned right through the wall. I was shocked. I didn't know what to do. And I drew a window on the wall and climbed through it. That's how I escaped. She raises the lipstick tube to the wall. And I tried to come back for you, but the hole closed up as soon as I went through. And I drew a lipstick window on the wall on the other side. But in the real world, lipstick is only lipstick and it didn't work. And I couldn't get back to you. I had no way of finding you and no way to return. She, Tommy looks at Ben and to his horror, he had turned completely gray except for the tip of his nose. And he's begging Talia to hurry. Draw a window, please. We don't have time left. And without a word, she turned to the wall and outlined a red window, filling it in. And Tommy is just begging her to hurry and hurry and hurry faster. But would it work? <clears throat> as soon as she finished the window, Tommy grabs Ben and shoves him through. We can do it. Let's go. And they're like, goodbye, Ben. Goodbye, Tommy. And they're, they tell them, come with us. You can come with us. And Seth just says, no, we can't. Talia's right. We'd hate it. We belong here now. Talia tells, tells them to don't forget her. And her voice kind of broke with sadness. He turned, Tommy turned away, turned to the other world, and they stepped through the wall and found themselves back in school. Music was booming down the hallway. Kids were shouting and laughing. It was the dance. And with the shout, they shoved open the door to the boys' room. They dove inside, ran to the mirror, gaped at themselves, and they were colorful again. All red and blue and pink and yellow in so many colors. They screamed in happiness. They were back, back to normal, back in the world, back at the dance. They banged open the door, burst through the hall, and ran into Mrs. Borden. There you are. I've been looking all over for you both. She grabbed them by the hand, and tugged them down the hall. Mrs. Borden, we have to tell you. And she's like, later, we've been waiting for you. You held everyone up, but you don't understand. 
You don't, you want to be in the photo, don't you? Mrs. Borden demanded. Kids were lined up in front of the bleachers and she shoved Ben and me into the front row. We want everyone who worked on the dance in the photo. She turned to the photographer behind his camera. Okay, Mr. Chameleon, you can take the shot now. Mr. Who? Wait, stop. And then a flash. <laughs> Mr. Chameleon strikes again. But why, and though? That's the end. What? I need, never get an explanation of Mr. Chameleon. I need more information. So it had an ending, but we never circle back to Mr. Chameleon. Got you. Actually, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy the way everything played out. But this, like, yeah. Mr. Chameleon thing is kind of weak. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, it's just a mysterious figure who uh, does this. Someday. Yep. We there's no schedule. There's other... no every so many years he has to feed this dimension children. No, no, no. He just no. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kooky. I even looked up the wiki. Yeah, I even looked up the wiki just to double check if I was missing something somewhere. And yeah, we never, he, they say he hates children, but it's never revealed why. Well, they were roughhousing. A short temper. They were roughhousing. They were but not these kids. Uh, not these yeah. These kids, kids were, were not. Behaving. These kids just decorated the gym. Like these are volunteers. Yeah. Rude. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> no, I I enjoyed it. I'm gonna put Mr. Chameleon on the shelf with the yeah. um, haunted mask guy because these are <laughs> things that are like left unsaid. I feel like Shrunken yep. Head maybe had one of those as well. Um, yeah, a little bit. Shrunken Head, they circle back for part two, which we haven't done yet. So maybe there's okay, more Okay, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But no, I love this. I loved. I love the atmosphere. I'm going to have a, a ton of fun with the music. Like, um, this was scary as hell. Um, I almost got mm-hmm. the... Do you remember Return to Oz and the Wheelers? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what these kids gave me. Do you like that? If this, you were a this, child this, of a certain age, the wheelers still haunt you to this day. This like abandoned area, right? And then they yeah. come out of uh-huh. nowhere and like gang up. Yeah, that's what it, that's what made me think of the wheelers. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good uh, analogy. I like that. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. That part was cool. Um, it was a fun one. Mm-hmm. I wish we would. I, I think I guess I if I had any critique because it was very very well done I I wanted to know I wanted to understand more about like the motivation for this whole thing because there's so many things it's like I felt like he had this like cool idea about this other place and the school and like it but it's like when it came to important plot points about like how do we get them there and how did yeah. this like even start like the origin story we just kind of glazed over things like oh this is just mr chameleon he's weird that's just what happens or oh he just didn't want to walk up three flights of stairs so he you know went into the creepy (laughs) abandoned 
school area that he's already been told not to go into when he can literally turn around and just walk up right. the stairs. Right. Like, I mean, I know we have to have we have to have a story so they couldn't do that. But yeah, right. it all comes down to Tommy being like, I know better than you, even though I just got here. And <laughs> That's on but brand. Then, like if you have teenage boys, yeah. like teenage boys are yeah. lazy mm-hmm. AF. Yeah. I called my but child out like today then- this morning. He came up and I'm like, bro, <laughs> I know for a fact that you wore that uniform <laughs> yesterday, went to sleep in it, and just woke up <laughs> and are trying to pretend like you just got dressed for the day. That's amazing. No one believes you. I love it. That's the level of lazy that we're dealing with. I was like that. And I had a couple days like that in COVID. Like like when we were all at home. And I just stayed in what I slept in because I was like, why do I care? I'm just sitting here doing my work. (laughs) Honestly, like I'm a little bit sad. I'm not to go on too much of a tangent. But like I remember like on the COVID days and like. Everybody was like, oh, everything will change now. Like, it won't be coming to work at all costs. You know, we're going to have mm-hmm. to shift to working at home. And now it's gotten it's gotten back to that. It all like, went back, how, yeah. How quickly we forget. Like, we were sure the world would be changed forever. But no, now they still no, want your ass to come so. in. So. If you have a, a fever. Yeah. <laughs> There was some, Sorry. yeah, this is a tangent for another day. But yeah, there was somebody who was like trying to say, just go to work sick. Who cares? And I'm like, what? I'm like, don't encourage that. Where have you been, um, bro? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I had fun with this one because I really didn't remember reading it until like maybe mid-May through. And then I was like, oh, I got the Talia thing like quickly, yeah, like right midway. Away. And I was like, oh, and then it started to put on me. But I did forget about the goo. I did forget about the goo. <laughs> so that was fun to like really relive that and read it For again. For a second, I thought it was going to be um, like oil. And I thought he was going to set him on fire. Yeah. It almost, it, I mean, they describe it kind of oil-like, like kind of slick, you know? So it does kind of seem oily, you know? But, but they're like spitting yeah. it all over each other. And I thought that that right. would have been a mm-hmm. cool like that he takes out the lighter and then they all go up in flames. It's a little too violent for Goosebumps, though. A little too violent. No one really ever like dies, dies. Because those kids are all still there, man. Like this, the book ended. But I mean, he has the knowledge now. Like They have to live with that knowledge. I mean, well, now maybe they're going to Grey World, too, because of the stupid Mr. Chameleon. But if Mr. Chameleon didn't happen... They have to live with the knowledge that there's these kids living in the walls and some of them are psycho, you know, so it's a weird, it'd be a weird, weird knowledge to have. Are we getting like super deep here? Is that what, what our idea of what the afterlife is? Like, is that how you get like evil spirits and good spirits and... Like, is it Maybe. just some kind of a limbo where some people have just straight up gone crazy? Yeah. I mean, that's I kind possible. Of, it could be some sort of, like, purgatory. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is the most dimensional one we've had in a long time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has it so many layers 
uh, like of stuff onion. going on. But it's it's also on like a crazy train, right? But like I did it, I yeah. did appreciate. Thank you for looping everything back. Thank you for completing <laughs> it. I mean, it wasn't. There were some un, unsaid, un like questions, whatever. But like for the most part, like you brought everything back around. Like we under there was a beginning and an end, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I like yeah. this one a lot. I think this is going to be one of the the better ones. Uh, what did you say? Ninety six. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. How did we miss this? Mm-hmm. I I've never heard of this one. I've never heard yeah, of it. Like and I I've said, never it read came it. to me. It came to me as I was reading, and I was like, okay, I definitely do remember this now. I remember the girl. Like I said, I remember her being one of the gray people but i didn't remember like the psycho like spitting and all that stuff well i may have moved on 97 was eighth grade for me so i may have yeah you may have moved on Mm -hmm. goosebumps Mm -hmm. at that point yeah so i guess because it's still in the early it's still in the early days of the series but yeah not like super early but yeah it's still in the early days but yeah if you look at the inside of the book you know, there's like maybe 30 or so before it, you know, so it's, it's in there, but it's a lot of the, no, that's this good. One, yeah. So I was, I was happy to see, I was happy to discover it again. So I was like, oh, this is when I haven't, you know, don't remember. Well, so. and I feel like it's kind of standalone as well. Like uh-huh. sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like we get kind of regurgitated things and Yes. I, I felt like he was I think he was truly inspired for this one. I think Yeah, he, there are some regurgitated themes at times, but yeah. yeah. This one is this one stands apart because it is a unique it is a unique right. story. And it's creepy. Like if you had like kids living in the walls. Yeah, it's like, like a fever dream like thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, how many kids concept. in the school are here then? Like, is it like the, that's why it's like the haunted school. Interesting because they say the haunted school, but like I don't really consider them ghosts because are they dead or are they just like stuck? You know, because they're not, I they didn't after, die. After so. a time, they would probably have to mm-hmm. qualify as dead. Like yeah. you could say, oh, I, you know, I was stuck in here for 20 years if that's within the reach of my lifespan. But if mm-hmm. it's been a hundred years, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter yeah. if you so escape they still, or not. Theoretically, yeah, they're like sixty, so they so theoretically they they are alive. You know, they could right. come out of the wall and be alive. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like so they, they still, I feel like, are working on their time, like on their own timeline. I feel like once yeah. their timeline mm-hmm. has been like ellipsed, we mm-hmm we then go into like a realm of like, these are dead kids. Cause like, even if they could right. somehow permanently revert back to their state. Right. Unless they came through as children. Mm-hmm. Cause they yeah, don't. That's another thing too. If they, I mean, Talia stepped through and right. didn't change. Right. So theoretically, if all the other kids step through with them, they shouldn't change either. You know, which makes me think that maybe they're dead already. Then maybe that was their death. Maybe because if you don't change well, moving Mr. between Chameleon. dimensions, <laughs> we need more. Chameleon like, seriously, didn't tell us. I know, <laughs> lamo. 
That was good. But yes, that was a fun one. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. Yes. Yes, indeedy. I don't have anything to plug or say. Everybody who listens to us knows all the places (laughs) to find us. And they know that if you want to support us. All the places. Yeah. If you want to support us, go give us two bucks a month. And uh, thank you. Well, take We appreciate you. We appreciate the people who have been supporting us. I was looking at it the other day and I was like, wow. These are the real ones. Like, we have, like, Mm -hmm. a handful of hardcore awesome people who just, like, straight up pay us so that we can keep this going. And that's... (laughs) Yep. And we appreciate you. We really do. And I guess all we have is to join. If you're not in the group, join the group. Yeah. But people are joining. We got more of a... We got more of a group going. Um, I feel like it's more of a dialogue. Like, we get to talk to yeah. people more. Yeah. And we've been sharing some stuff um, from – I we followed a few new Goosebumps groups. So I've been finding out some info from them, like, on stuff and seeing people's collections and things, which is fascinating. And that all these people think – the things people find at thrift stores. And I'm like, we don't even fucking have thrift stores here. Like, we have nothing. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, but there was one other thing before I go that is Goosebumps – Come on, phone. You can work. So in one of the Goosebumps groups, Goosebumps fans 2.0, I will shout them out. They're a good group. Um, apparently, which I knew, I, don't, I can't remember if we talked about, but the Slappy World universe, that, that series, not a series, whatever they're calling it, you know, that universe of books is apparently coming to an end after Night of the Squawker, which comes out in a couple months. I want to say it's April. And um, and so Night of the Squawker and then Fright Night are coming out. And then he is actually starting a new series called, it's under Goosebumps, but it's called House of Shivers. And the first book is going to be called Scariest Book Ever. Yeah, and we talked about this. So for the... I think so. I hadn't seen any of the cover art and stuff yet. The cover art is still just um, rough draft and it's not very good. Hopefully it's better um, as it's not in its final form. But yeah, I had, I did not know what the first new book was called. So it is called House of Shivers, Scariest Book Ever. So it'll, I'm, haven't decided if I'm going to go and cover those yet, but because we haven't really got, we we're in a couple of Slappy World because they're standalones, but I know Sappy World is newer, so probably not spend too much time on the new stuff. But yes, we're it's interesting only in the fact that we are still getting things under the Goosebumps umbrella, even in 2023, which is still pretty wild to me <laughs> that it's still going <laughs> under the Goosebumps. Ban- the banner is still flying for Goosebumps, which is quite amazing to me that in 2023, we are still ha- we are getting a whole new yeah. series. It's so been a minute. That's pretty cool. Well, it's got to it do something not, new, though. It's still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it yeah. has to be reinvented at this point? I think a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it'll yeah. be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what that book. Maybe I'll get the book and not cover it. Maybe I'll just read it and see what it's like, you know, because like we talked a little bit about Just Beyond and I enjoyed the two Just Beyonds I read. Yes, they're for children, but I did enjoy the two Just Beyonds that I read. So, and those got a little bit 
more scary than Goosebumps has. Slappy World to me had a lot of, I had I haven't read them all, but the few I have read were more silly in tone to me. And that's, I think, just because of the Slappy World umbrella. Um, oh, Attack of the Jack is the pirate, by the way. Um, like that was silly. You know, I can't remember the other Slappy World one we did. The couple I've just read on my own are silly, you know. So I'm hoping this is not as silly, this House of Shivers thing. Is it a house, like, is it a Fear Street situation where you have the one house that's like, that's like the, you know, the main house and all these things come from the house? <laughs> you know, we'll see. We'll see if the name means anything, House of Shivers. <laughs> but yes, I just wanted to share that. But yes, go and check out the Goosebumps group, Goosebumps Fans 2.0. They are they are really great. I have been reading their posts pretty diligently lately, and they've been sharing a lot of cool stuff. People share a lot of cool things. There's some buying and trading and selling of books and things going on too, if that's what you're interested in. But um, it's just it's so fun to see what people collect and what they're into. And I've seen some merch I haven't seen in years. And somebody has all the board games and I'm so jelly of them because they're in like perfect condition. And I'm like, how in the hell did you find those? Like, you know, so yes, if you if you're into this, which you probably are, because you're listening to us blabber on Goosebumps fans 2.0 <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> things That's in packaging makes me sad. I like for things to yes. be used. I feel These like are all it's open, like- but they're still in great condition. That Toy Story where they're just like mint in box and they can't yeah. get out because they, they want to be played with. That was sad. Know. Yes. That was <laughs> but yeah. All right. Till uh, next time. We are out. We are out. Like the color <laughs> in Gray World. Ooh, I love Ooh. it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.